Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today we have an update on the reporting that I've been doing on the anti-malaria drug hydroxychloroquine as a possible treatment for coronavirus. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. If you are a regular viewer of Full Measure with Cheryl Atkinson, you may have seen some of the reporting that we've done on the anti-malaria drug hydroxychloroquine and also another drug called remdesivir, an IV medicine that has been touted as a potential treatment for coronavirus. And both drugs are surrounded by some measure of controversy. Both of them have mixed results depending on the study or report that you're talking about. And you may recall that hydroxychloroquine is the medicine that President Trump touted early on as a possible cure or good treatment for coronavirus that he said, if it works, could be a game changer. And the media really went on the attack after President Trump and after hydroxychloroquine as well. A little bit of background, hydroxychloroquine has been on the market for decades, used for arthritis and anti-malaria treatment, other things. It's considered obviously safe enough to have been on the market for all of these years. And it costs just pennies a dose in some instances because it's gone generic. In contrast to remdesivir, a new medicine that's never been on the market used for anything, but is also considered a promising potential treatment for coronavirus. And as an IV drug must be administered in the hospital and cost thousands of dollars for a round of treatment. So uh, Dr. Fauci, who is a White House advisor on the coronavirus task force, has seemed to be more excited about remdesivir and less excited about hydroxychloroquine, but it kind of depends on who you talk to. And we sorted through some of this as well as the financial connections in my story on Full Measure. You can look that up if you go to fullmeasure.news and you search hydroxychloroquine, you will find my original story on this topic. Well, the update is there is a new study I had spoken to uh, one of the scientists who works at the institution when this study was underway, but now this study on hydroxychloroquine has been completed. And here are the results. In summary, twice as many patients survived 
when given hydroxychloroquine. There were no heart-related side effects reported, and early treatment appears to be the key. So again, the findings by the Henry Ford Health System study was that hydroxychloroquine definitely helped lower the death rate in COVID patients who had been hospitalized. And Dr. William O'Neill is the cardiologist and a medical director at the Henry Ford Health System in Detroit, Michigan, who spoke with us first about the study as it was ongoing, but the findings have now been published in the peer-reviewed International Journal of Infectious Diseases. The study published on July 2nd, you can look it up yourself if you want to Google International Journal of Infectious Diseases and hydroxychloroquine uh, for July 2nd. The large-scale analysis looked at 2,541 patients. This is a retrospective study, meaning it looked at patients who'd already been treated. These are patients who'd been hospitalized in the system six hospitals between March 10th and May 2nd. So results specifically, more than 26% of patients who did not receive hydroxychloroquine died. More than 26% of patients who did not receive hydroxychloroquine died, but among those who did receive hydroxychloroquine, 13% died. So that's half, 26% without hydroxychloroquine, 13% with hydroxychloroquine. And importantly, as I alluded to a moment ago, the study authors say that one suggested concern that had been flagged in previous studies of hydroxychloroquine did not materialize in the Henry Ford Health System study heart-related adverse events. So for them, of course, that was very good news. We'll have more on this study, the implications and the limitations right after a quick break. We are back. Now you may remember there have been a lot of media reports, very negative on hydroxychloroquine. Some of them were quoting studies and actually one study wasn't a study at all. It was sort of a compiled list of reports that was not in a peer-reviewed published journal but it was negative and got a lot of attention. I wonder how much attention the positive results in a peer-reviewed journal will get. But the positive results here, compared to some other studies and reports, could be attributed, according to the scientists, to a lot of different things that were done in this study. The timing of the treatment, for example. Uh, The study scientists imply that it's very important, it seems to be at least, that the hydroxychloroquine be given early in the illness rather than in the late stages, that it can be much more effective if given early on. 91% of the patients in this study were given hydroxychloroquine within 48 hours of their admission to the hospital. And by the way, the study patients were all adults, at least 18 years old. The median age was 64, and a slight majority of them were African-American, 56%. The study also found, it didn't just look at treatment with hydroxychloroquine alone because they had other data at their disposal. The study also found that patients who received azithromycin alone, the antibiotic, or a combination of hydroxychloroquine with azithromycin had a slightly better survival rate than those not treated with those drugs. So let's go over those numbers. 22.4% treated only with azithromycin died. 20% treated with a combination of azithromycin and hydroxychloroquine died. But remember, 
more than 26% of patients not treated with either medicine died. In other words, if you're not looking at this on a graph because you're listening to a podcast, the analysis shows that hydroxychloroquine unquestioningly, according to the scientists, helps save lives. And so there's a clear benefit, at least in this study. And if you want to look at it on a graph, because it's kind of easier to see and compare what they found with hydroxychloroquine alone, with the antibiotic combined, and with no medicine, I made a graph. You can go to CherylAckison.com and look for my story on the hydroxychloroquine study and see it on a graph. might be a little simpler to absorb. So again, um, you know, there have been many other reports with less positive or mixed results or negative results about hydroxychloroquine. Why? Which study can you believe when there are different findings? Well, um, the study scientists here suggest that it's because in some cases, as I mentioned, hydroxychloroquine was administered later during the illness when it might not be as effective and could even become harmful. Um, It was used in different doses in other studies. In some cases, uh, study scientists that were not part of the controversial studies, um, but were part of other studies said that the controversial studies on hydroxychloroquine were sometimes using the wrong doses, using too much in the wrong population, and that's why they were getting negative results, according to some. And in some cases, these studies are reports that were negative, but widely reported in the press were not peer-reviewed, the sort of uh, study material that can be duplicated and considered solid science. So Dr. Marcus Zervos, who's co-author of this positive study about hydroxychloroquine at Henry Ford Health System, a quote from him said, the findings have been highly analyzed and peer-reviewed. We attribute our findings that differ from other studies to early treatment and part of a combination of interventions that were done in supportive care of patients, including careful cardiac monitoring. He goes on to say, our dosing also differed from other studies not showing a benefit of the drug, and those other studies were either not peer-reviewed, have limited number of patients, different patient populations, or other differences when it comes to this study. Now, the Henry Ford Health System is also studying to see if hydroxychloroquine can prevent coronavirus, not just treat it, but prevent it altogether. And they're doing this study in first responders and healthcare workers, because obviously it would be very important if you could get your frontline treatment personnel protected in the event of outbreaks of coronavirus. The study that they're doing on that topic is called, Will Hydroxychloroquine Impede or Prevent COVID-19? And if you take the first letter of those words, the shortened version of their study title is WHIP COVID-19. This study, still underway, is enrolling 3,000 healthcare and frontline workers, but it may be going slower than they planned because the scientists say they're having trouble getting enough test volunteers to reach that 3,000 threshold. They have something around 600 so far. In part, they say they're having problems due to the bad publicity surrounding hydroxychloroquine in the media, with some information they say out of context or even perhaps wrongly reported or incorrectly reported. And they're also having trouble getting volunteers after the government stepped in to limit use of hydroxychloroquine over concern about possible safety issues and other criticism. So, um, you know, the possibility of a COVID-19 surge 
in the fall or sooner, according to these study scientists. Um, and the current studies say that that makes it urgent to try to identify inexpensive and effective therapies and preventions. Remember, hydroxychloroquine can cost just pennies. And if it works out to be a preventive treatment, as President Trump said, could be a game changer. On the other hand, you know, there are many, many drugs being tested right now and several vaccines in development that scientists are hoping uh, prove effective and safe and something that could be a game changer as well when it comes to this scourge of coronavirus. That is our update and that is our podcast for today. I hope you enjoyed listening and I hope you will consider subscribing to the Cheryl Ackeson podcast as well as my Full Measure After Hours podcast. It's free. I hope you share this information with your friends, leave a review, and you can listen to it anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. And I also hope you will consider pre-ordering as a sign of support for independent journalism, pre-ordering my new book, which will come out in November, but you can get it anywhere now on pre-order. It's called Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. Again, it's called Slanted, and you can find that pretty much anywhere that you order books. Thanks for listening. Do your own research, make up your own mind, and think for yourself.